This is the Scoop Me Out podcast. I'm your host and coach, Jorge Chavez. My goal is to uncover people's stories who dare to amplify their professional and personal life. If you want to discover how they grow from challenges, this is your podcast. I had a nice conversation with Hermione Bicklin Warman. She currently lives in Sri Lanka, but she comes from a not-so-tropical city in Europe. From an early age, she always had a passion for travel and new adventures, but life has not always been like that for her. Listen to her story on how she moved to Colombo and smashed her goals in her life and career. You will want to stay to the end to listen to one of the best advice on how to shift your interpretation of things and change whatever stereotype you might have. Here we go. Today I have the pleasure to be talking with Hermione. I think we met, what is it, three months ago on one of the classes that we are doing together. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah, yeah, kind of. And since the very beginning, I was so impressed by her story coming from London and making a life in Colombo, in Sri Lanka. And today, as part of the Scoop Me Out podcast, I asked Hermione to be my guest so that we can uncover her story, what made her come to Sri Lanka, and how she created a whole career, but not only a career, but also a life in such a different place from, from London, from, from that city. So Hermione, thank you so much for your time today. It's, it's really an honor to have you here. Uh, it, it's a pleasure. Um, and I guess, I guess my, my first question to get things come, uh, warming up is you, if you can tell us who is Hermione. Who is Hermione? Well, I guess the like logical answer would be the conformist answer is that I'm a wife, I'm a mother of two children, and I'm a woman living in Sri Lanka. But I'm so much more than that. I am. I'm a being on this earth who just wants to bring joy to the world. And I have lived in London, I've lived in Spain, and now Sri Lanka has been my home for eight years. Mm. And it's been an absolute blessing to have had this adventure. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I quite admire from you because you are adapting, you have been adapting yourself to different environments. And when I say environments, it's, 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 it's not only the city that you have been living, but the things that you have been doing. So what mm. were you doing in, 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 uh, before Sri Lanka? What, what were you doing in London and in Spain? So in London, I, I left university. I went to Edinburgh and I read History of Art. I really wanted to read psychology, but I was encouraged to read a History of Art. And I worked at Christie's, which is the auction house. Um, and can you hear me okay? Yeah. Um, and I lived this life in London and I partied hard and I had an amazing existence. But Jorge, I wanted more. Like I knew genuinely uh -huh. I wanted more. So I started searching for other places I could live. Like where could I go? And I looked at Italy and I looked at Spain and I chose Spain. I didn't have the language, I had nothing. And I went to Sevilla and that was when I first learned what it is 
to, to, to feel free, to be able to breathe. And that's the utter joy of being an expat, is that you get to be free. Um, and I had this amazing experience and then I came back to London after about eight months and I knew I wanted more. I didn't want to work at Christie's. I didn't want a standard job. So I trained as a massage therapist. Okay. And massage for me was this amazing gift to give to the world through my healing mm. energy. Right. And I, I traveled a lot with that and I got amazing reviews and amazing contacts. And it was a great opportunity. Hmm. Um, yeah, and, and you, so you were very young when you first went to Sri Lanka for the first time, right? Yeah, so when I yeah. first came to Sri Lanka at university, uh-huh. huh. I... Yeah, because I was gonna ask you because, you know, young people, they just want to explore so many th different things and maybe they don't, they don't, they're not attached to, I'm gonna create my vision for the next five or 10 years. They're just exploring. They are discovering themselves as well. But you were very certain that you wanted to go back to Sri Lanka. You wanted something more. Mm. I came first to Sri Lanka in 2002 with a really great girlfriend and we backpacked. And it wasn't really the place to come. It was a civil war <laughs> and it wasn't really on the travel map. But I was drawn to it and I, I totally fell in love with the, the culture, the melting pot of the culture and the energetic vibrancy mm -hmm. that Sri Lanka gave. And from that moment, I, I made a vow that I would live here and that it, would be, and it was my spiritual home. I mm. didn't know how it would work out. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's all. So powerful to hear yeah mm. so what make you take the final decision to you know take the leap and finally saying i'm gonna go move abroad did you did you were, were you planning to stay there for a long time uh what were your thoughts um well my husband has a big part in this because although i went back to london after backpacking, saying it was my spiritual home. I didn't possibly know how I can make Sri Lanka my life. And, you know, it was just a sort of a dream. Yeah. And I, when I met my husband, he had no desire to live abroad. But he, I mean, no desire, but he came to Sri Lanka in 2010 and he really saw the value proposition of Sri Lanka mm -hmm. and he there was potential to set up a business okay. and so it was crazy because for me Jorge he announced to me in January 2013 that maybe it would be a good idea to move to Sri Lanka I was so pregnant um, we had just moved into our new house in London but I didn't even have to think about it I was like yeah let's do it let's go Mm -hmm. What were your fears, if any, before moving? I think, I think that was the gift of 2013 for me, that 
I became a mother for the first time in February. Um, and nine weeks after that, my son was diagnosed with, at the time, I was told that he would see some light and he wouldn't be completely blind. And he had something called congenital idiopathic nystagmus. And for the next nine weeks, it was a living hell because my, my whole world was shattered. Mm. Um, and once we eventually got the good news that my son was going to be okay, my husband's father tragically died. And so, Jorge, like, we had these, it was an extraordinary, we made the decision in January. We had our son in February. We went through hell from April. My father-in-law died in May. And we came to Sri Lanka in October 2013. Yeah. And <laughs> what fear did I have? I think I didn't have fear. And that's what was so magical about it. Because it felt like all my bridges were burning. Mm-hmm. And my safety my the next best step for me and my very new family was was Sri Lanka I I can't explain it felt like one huge hug from the universe Mm. carrying me to Mm. Sri Lanka yeah I mean for someone who was facing so many different things in so short time and then moving to a different place a different city and still you were able to move forward, you know? And, and I remember some people say that your goals push you forward, but your values pull you. So what was it? Values, goals, a mix? It was, it was this unbelievable desire mm-hmm. to, to, to be my true authentic self. It, it was everything. It was goals. I'd always wanted to live abroad. I'd had this vision when I was backpacking uh-huh. of, of having children in Sri Lanka and how amazing it would be. And you mentioned right at the beginning, I'm a very adaptive person. Like adaptability is my absolute strength right. and curiosity. And with a combination of those two things, I've been able to, to thrive in, in the challenges that I've been thrown. Hmm. So you finally settled down Sri Lanka and Colombo. And yeah. what were your plans to, to <laughs> you know, like in terms of, of career, of your professional side, because you were, you were having success in London, right? You were traveling and, and doing your own thing. And then you are yeah. in different cities. So what happened with that? Well, what happened was that I just landed in Sri Lanka and really, truly felt that I could breathe. It was this extraordinary feeling, breath, this knowing that it was going to be okay. And I, I had a seven-month-old son, Oscar, and I had a husband who was embarking on a totally new business. We had nowhere to live. We knew two people, Archie's business partner and his wife. <laughs> and um, my, my main aim at the very start 
was to empower my husband and to be able to make a life for himself and make a career for himself and to make this work because yeah. it was a big risk. It was our lottery ticket. Hmm. And that was my first, my first step. And so that meant finding a place to live and most importantly, making friends and yeah. experiencing the culture and working out how we can make a life for ourselves here. And that kind of evolved to me making a decision that I would never let anyone arrive in Colombo and feel as lonely and as lost as I did. And from that, I evolved um, my my website that I have now, which is Tambly's and Tantrums. Mm-hmm. And it really came from a desire to create calm in the chaos and to allow expats and, and locals to really get to know their city and to live the best possible life they could in Colombo. So, you know, I have some, I'm, I'm, I'm in China, Robin, you know, and some people here, a lot of people say that Sri Lanka is not safe. And there are so many stereotypes, stereotypes yeah. about, about Sri Lanka. What can you say about not only Sri Lanka itself, but about managing stereotypes on people? That's a really good question. And, and, it, and it makes sense because when you watch the news of Sri Lanka, how it is portrayed right. is, is, you know, I sometimes I watch BBC and I, I go, are they really in the same country that I live in? You know, it's, it's alarming. <laughs> And, and of course, you know, terrible things have happened here and, and, the, and you know, we're coming up to the second year anniversary of the bombings, of the Easter bombings, which had an enormous impact on Sri Lanka because it broke each and every one of our hearts. It was so close. I was in London for the London bombings, but in Sri Lanka... Everywhere that was attacked was a place that I went to, was a place that my friends went to. And it felt incredibly deeply personal. From that, we can all make judgments and we can all deem that Sri Lanka is unsafe. But I think we have to live in the moment and I think we have to understand and be grown up and know that things like this can happen anywhere in the world. It's how you deal with it and how you pick yourself up. And Sri Lanka as a country has wholeheartedly picked itself up, has dealt with security issues, has dealt with, you know, Sri Lanka is a melting pot of cultures and that's its charm. And with the Easter bombings, that was really challenged and that was put into the limelight. And I know and I feel that Sri Lanka's had to face some big questions and they've handled it so amazingly. So stereotypes are interpretations and interpretations are always going to be whatever you want it to be. But if you take a step back 
and actually think for yourself. You don't need a stereotype. So speaking of being adaptable and being flexible, because when you talk about mm-hmm. Sri Lanka, it seems like you're talking about yourself. It's so personal. And <laughs> it seems like it's your home, you know, it's, it's also your home. So do you still feel like you're a foreigner in this country or can you consider yourself, you know, Sri Lankan? Great question, Jorge. Great question. Sri Lanka is a part of me. And I hope that Sri Lanka knows, allows me to be a part of it. I will forever be a foreigner here. Hmm. It's, it's how it is. It's the culture. I will never be accepted. And that was something that was very hard when I first came because I wanted to be fully accepted. And I couldn't understand why people always referred to me as a foreign hmm. and I wanted to be accepted. Yeah. After eight years, I've come to the realization that I'm perfectly placed where I am and I am who I am. I count Sri Lanka as my home. It's challenged me in more ways than you can imagine. It literally has this ability to shake you up and find all your weaknesses and then make you work on them. And and that's the gift Sri Lanka has given me. It's really allowed me to truly see myself. And I hope that I have given my love and my true joy to Sri Lanka and hopefully added to the vibrancy that is Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that happens so often when people change jobs or change mm. completely careers. And you said that, well, you open up a business to help people found, mm. find calm in the chaos, right? So how, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? And how you adapted yourself to such a different, you know, a, a different career? It is a different career, but it's also so personal to me. And it's, it, it, Family's Intentions was the perfect stepping stone for me, having left my massage career where I worked so intensely with helping people and helping them get to their full potential. It made so much sense for me to become, to create Tambalese and Tantrums as this platform to create a community and to help guide people when they first arrive and to show them all the new things. And that's my natural passion. And from that, it's given me the platform to really use my voice and to use my voice to enlighten people, to empower people. And Tamanis and Tantrums was the gift that, the confidence that allowed me to become a life coach. Hmm. So, oh, wow. beautiful journey. Yeah. yeah, it seems like things are aligned to the same mm. purpose of yours. Yeah. So, what can you say about feeling as a foreigner? When someone is working in a new, in a new, in a completely new career or like or a different company, is it something that 
they will always be the foreigner, you know, like startup companies or very family business companies, you know, where they'll know each other on a personal level and then someone else comes and, you know, is, is, it is a foreigner for the time being. Jorge, it's all about interpretation. Hmm. I can wake up and choose to be a foreigner or a victim, however you want to, and hmm. to be the outsider. And, I, and I've been there of seeing myself always as the outsider and seeing it as something to hold me back, mm-hmm. to be the victim, to be the different one. But it's all about your interpretation. It's about being in the now and taking whatever opportunities you're given. I'm, I live in Sri Lanka and I will always be a foreigner. But it also gives me huge opportunities and it gives me a totally different experience and the experience that I'm meant to be given in Sri Lanka. So if you're in a workplace and it's predominantly family orientated, you can choose to be, or I'm the outsider, or my God, I'm the gift. Mm. I'm the opportunity to see a different perspective. Mm. And that's, that comes from within us. So what about your, your life coaching business or I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what is your, your specialization or your niche or something, if, if you have one, but how does, how are you doing coaching as a foreigner there? What, what is your, what is your intention for us as, as being a coach? Um, it's a great question. I have thought a lot about who am I as a coach and I think that I'm really just showing up as myself like Mm -hmm. I'm being my loving intuitive powerful healing self each day and by making that commitment I am the coach that I'm meant to be and I will attract the clients who are meant to come to me Mm -hmm. and it's it's an amazing experience because with COVID, we've really been thrown into this, into, into Zoom calls and being so comfortable with it. So I can't wait to offer my gift to Sri Lanka, but I also am so excited to work internationally yeah. and really be attract right, right. people and, and, and guide them to their greatest potential. You know, it's funny that before COVID, right, the pre-COVID times, people, some people were having this fear of missing out. You know, I want to travel. I want to go to these exotic places. And now it's the other way around. It's fear of going out. And yeah. <laughs> so what, what is going on with that? Because you're saying that you, you're working with these international, uh, international clients and, and this exposure. But how, how do you deal you know, as, as an expat with that fear of going out and, and you know, getting exposed, you know, because COVID is still, it seems like in some countries it's out of the hands and, and there's still fear there. How, how is that going on in, in, in Sri Lanka and for you? So how is, how is the fear of COVID um, working within Sri Lanka? 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, yeah, and specifically with you, like, how are you handling that that pro- potential exposure to COVID there? Well, I've had my first vaccine, so I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the last year has been eye-opening for me, and it challenged us all in so many different ways. And again, it, it brought out all our fears and all the things that we, our deep, dark fears and brought them out. Mm-hmm. In Sri Lanka, we, they have been through so much as a country that their natural instinct is to hide. Mm. And so we had one of the toughest lockdowns between March and June, and it was intense. Like we were stuck in an apartment block and there was an enormous amount of fear and the army were heavily involved. So you had not only the fear of COVID, but the fear of being carted off. You know, if you had Corona, you were gonna be taken off to some army camp. And for me, I, I, I used to have nightmares about it that I was being taken away. Can you live your life like that? No. So I had to do some serious work on myself and know that I was in the moment. I have to be in the moment for my children, my husband, Mm -hmm. my friends. I have to adapt again. I had to adapt. I had to use my curiosity Mm -hmm. and to work because every moment of our lives counts. And Sri Lanka is fearful. They are scared, but I think that the vaccine has come through and there's a lightness, something has shifted. And um, we understand that, you know, we have to keep the country open. Mm-hmm. I look forward to them opening the schools. They've kept schools closed and that's been challenging and frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I bet. But it is, it is and I can't change it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the place that once was your freedom and your place to breathe, has Mm. it become a jail for you? No, not at all. (laughs) It's, I've been here now for over a year and a half. Mm -hmm. No, no. I have been a place where I can breathe and my freedom, it's only allowed me to grow even more, Jorge. I've been filled with courage Mm. and vulnerability Mm. and all these other emotions and feelings which have just propelled me forward even more. So I think that this last year and a half in Sri Lanka has not been my jail. It has been an even greater gift because I've had to search so deeply inside myself Mm-hmm. for my family yeah. for my friends most importantly I've had to truly and authentically connect with myself mm-hmm. Find that. right right you know some people say that life is bouncing back and forth from failures until you find your your thing you know some others say that it's, it's, not, it's, it's about looking everything as opportunities. What is for you? Mm. 
it's what is life life is completely unpredictable and it is a moment in time to look around and to find the absolute joy in every moment that you have it may be really really terrible in that moment mm-hmm. but when you when you start to be in the now and understand that moment is all you ever have you are forced to look around you and take even a grain of sand mm-hmm. and see the opportunity and allow it to grow and and that's the key that's the key to life fear is always going to be around us judgments are going to be around us but it's how we handle them mm-hmm. so, so mm-hmm. yeah good one no no i was um no that's that's quite i mean <laughs> i'm shaking here you know it's a that <laughs> way of, of 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 looking at the life it's if if we really live through that you know if we really think about that and be conscious about it every single day i'm sure that our glasses to look at life here are going to going to change you know Oh, hey, there is moments in all our lives where we could put our hands up, double hands up and say, oh, my God, life is terrible. We're a victim. Life is awful. And don't get me wrong. I have moments when I feel like a victim and I feel broken. But I choose not to allow that to define me. Mm. I choose to live my life because I was given this life. Mm-hmm. and let's make the best of it like not even the best of it let's let's take it for what it is there's mm-hmm. always going to be horrible things in life mm-hmm. but the lot more we connect within us the greater our strength to go forward is mm-hmm. what about uncertainty because when things are uncertain let's say, let's put again the example of covid right people, people one year ago people were saying ah, it's okay in one year from now things are going to get back to normal and yeah. it's so funny because we're still here and vaccine has been out from some countries but still there's a long it seems yeah. that there's a long time like to to get things finally you know be able to freely travel let's say you know who knows what, what what is going to happen nobody knows so how do you handle that uncertainty as an expert by living by one of the foundation principles of now is all we ever have because i own my past um and my future as you say no one you don't have a crystal ball i don't have a crystal ball mm-hmm. and certainly the politicians have a crystal ball we don't know what is going to happen mm-hmm. but i do know i do know that i'm going to live each moment in as much joy and gratitude as i possibly can because you're right it's so uncertain i don't know if i can go to london this summer i don't know if i can see my parents i haven't seen them for two years my friends my family wow and constantly look to the future mm-hmm. it's going to straighten out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just have to be grateful 
to be able to have um, these video calls with friends and family. And I have to be grateful for living in this beautiful country and for having my husband and my two amazing children around me and incredible friends. Mm. We all live in uncertain times. I hope that for all of us, we can take this opportunity on COVID Mm. and start really living in the now and enjoying Oh, the small moment is enjoying it for what it is. Wow. Having this conversation with you is so inspiring. If someone wants to <laughs> contact you uh, to, you know, go through a coaching program or a session, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram under Tambly Tantrums, which I think you have connected with. Um, or you can find me Uh, as Hamani Woman on Instagram or Facebook. All right. Now, as we go, yeah, grateful. Yeah, I'm super grateful to to welcome anyone into my world and to give them, yeah, their life. Yeah, and and I totally recommend it. It's it's such a a different energy to talk to to Hermione. So as we as we come to to the end of this episode and this uh, live stream. Um, what can you, what kind of tip or advice can you give to someone who thinks that their life is a square and they want to be more flexible and adaptable? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would ask them what boundaries they're putting in place for themselves. In fact, what I'd already do is to go to the center of the square Mm-hmm. And not to think that they're in a square, but to think about where they want to go, what they want from that moment, from that dot. And that dot can slowly become the circle that they want it to be. But you can't quickly change a square into a circle. Mm-hmm. Start in the very center and slowly as you once said to me, Jorge, embryotic steps, slowly increase the shape and visualize what you want from your life. So many people have said to me, oh, I don't know how you've done this move to Sri Lanka. Oh, like, I I really want to do it, but I can never do it. Hmm. That's okay. They don't want to do it. They can't take the step back. Mm -hmm. But if you do, if that voice inside you says, I do want to do this. I do really want to do this. Then go into the center of your shape Mm -hmm. and wholeheartedly connect with being at the center and allow yourself to grow because it's only us. And I, I really have learned this. It's only us who hold ourselves back. Mm -hmm. We're the voice that you can't do that. Mm -hmm. We're the one who dictates our shape so that would be my advice go within yourself yeah well yeah trust yourself totally there you go people so if you want to have more of this experience with Hermione you can contact her I'm going to be posting this um, offline well, in, on Instagram and on the podcast and if you want to be more flexible more adaptable always 
look within you. Thank you so much, Hermione. It's been a it's been a pleasure. Yeah, and Big let's keep love. in touch. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So much love. Welcome to China. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please leave a review and subscribe on Spotify or Apple. Thank you.